hot and ready with new haircuts. Yeah, if you could only see us. Yeah, if you could Our only see us. Our Mart photo does not actually look. That's actually not us. I don't look anything like that now. <laughs> so we hired a couple people. I joined a boy band. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, my grandmother. <laughs> and I don't know who you brought in. Name's Larry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I thought funny. it was fun to do a little. Shout different... out to Logan Sorensen. Yeah, shout out to Logan Sorensen for taking our photos for season two which is now happening right now. And we're so excited. It's going to be such a different pace. I mean, I already feel like things are pretty different. We have the fireplace on, you know, there's fire burning. There's the 10-hour no, YouTube video. Yeah, that's what it and is. And then in our actual fireplace that we have, there's... Sorry, there's a cat. There's a cat, there's a cat now, too. Um, yeah, there is a cat that just likes Every to new season, we get an animal in the house. <laughs> And our actual fireplace has fake candles in it. They're not even real candles. So nothing here. Everything is so... Fake, I think. Fake. Is the... Yeah, but we're like going the long way to actually having a fire when we do have a fireplace. Yeah. And we do have candles, but we're choosing not to use either. Mm -hmm. We could do everything that we want to do, but we're taking the easy way out. We have a lot, All our plants are real. Yeah, that is true. Well, not we, all of them. But... Yeah, well, most. Like, I would say 90% of them are real. And yeah. only 5% are dying, and then 5% are fake. I don't think any are dying. I think they're oh, all great. Oh, okay. The dead tree next to our bed? That one um, was never alive. <laughs> I think it was a psyop. <laughs> so welcome to season two. This is welcome episode one. Two. This is Salt Lake City lore. And we're so excited to share. So I, we each kind of took our own, you know, went our own way. We found our own stories. And I don't really have, I have a general idea of what Parker's going to tell me about. Yeah. For this first one, I feel like we needed to communicate a little. I mean, I, I, I feel like we needed to communicate a little bit. But if you're just joining us, our first season was compri comprised mostly interviews with Utah artists and people relating to the art scene. So we would do like an intro and then we would play the interview and then we would mm. do like a little critical discussion after. This season, the idea is that we are choosing a topic, choosing a theme, and the two of us, me, Parker, and then Bianca Velasquez, Bianca Velasquez is, are, are going to go off and do some research and find a story relating to that theme and then come back and tell the other person about that theme. And and it's not going to be necessarily so arts centric, uh, still still related. But you know, we started out as an arts and culture podcast and really like leaned into like the visual art aspects of mm -hmm. of everything. So we're for this season trying to move a little bit more towards culture, a little bit less visual arts centric, and more just like a Salt broader Lake culture. Yeah, embracing a, a broader definition of art. And next season, who knows? I mean, we might jump back into interviews. We might continue with this. I mean. It, it, it's mostly just seeing what I guess feels right to us. And yeah, we did season one for half a year and so it was great. I loved it. Different. I loved it so much. And there's still so many people I want to interview and stories I want to bring to light. I know we're going to do that again, but right now season two, let's let the pendulum swing towards culture. <laughs> so today's theme is Salt Lake lore. Mm -hmm. And we both interpreted that, I think. In, so differently. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I pitched this idea basically thinking like, what are things that people who live in Salt Lake would know about that, um, the, the kind of things that you would need to live here for a while before you might pick up on or notice or that if you did know would kind of give you an, a, an interesting insight into the place. Mm -hmm. So I interpreted it more of like, what's this, what's like a secret thing that happened that's crazy that people who have lived here for a while don't even know happened yeah um, i think lore is an interesting choice of words for yeah. it because what does lore mean to you to me it means like backstory um or like uh i guess primarily but also it, it has that connotation of things someone who is weirdly obsessed with thing would know about for some reason like mm. a, a like a hyper obsessive <laughs> detail. Um, you have like know. a specific person in mind, like a character. I'm thinking of like people who would be like who would be watching a TV show, and you'd be like, "That was weird that that happened," and that person would be like, "Well, you know, based <laughs> on the lore, actually, it makes a lot of sense." 
Um, so it's like this kind of like weird persnickety adherence to like a, like I'm thinking like Lord of the Rings lore or like, yeah. I don't know, weird, weird facts to know. And I think yeah. yours, from what I know of it, feels like a very weird series of facts to know. Yeah, that, I, I, I think it does fall into that. We are going to start with mine. And... Yeah, I want to know these weird facts to know. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm, I'm actually really excited. Lay them on me. So I'm going to be talking about the Oingo Boingo Dead Man's Party that would go, come through Salt Lake City in the early 80s. Oingo Boingo. Oingo Boingo. Yeah, so... What's let's, Oingo Boingo? Do you know about... Okay, let's go get into Honestly, it. Honestly, I don't really know that much about Oingo Boingo. Oh, they're so good. I mean, well, it's Danny Elfman's band. But originally, it's Danny Elfman? Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm, okay, I really don't know. Yeah, so you know who Danny Oingo Elfman Boingo. is, right? Yeah, The Simpsons. And Desperate Housewives, actually. That oh, was... that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, Oingo Boingo actually started as the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo by Danny Elfman's brother, Richard Elfman, in 1972. Well, do you... What, who's... Danny Elfman for people who might not know. Yeah. Well, I have so much. Okay. Okay. So, and if you don't know anything about Danny Elfman, he's the guy who made the Simpsons theme song, Desperate Housewives theme song. We already said that. He made the score for Pee Wee's Big Adventure, R.I.P. Pee Wee, and most of the scores for all the Tim Burton films, basically, and so many other ones. He did Batman, but also Tim Burton. Which Batman? The one Tim Burton directed, the one that no one likes. I remember he did the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the one with Johnny Depp. I'm sure he did. Uh, which I remember I had on my iPod. I, like I wonder row. if like Johnny Depp and Danny Elfman and Tim Burton like... Smoke crack together? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they probably hang. I'm... It's probably a pretty bizarre chill sesh i mean i feel sesh. like that's too much ego in one room you know well there's too much too many main characters there but they work together i only well. know i can only speak to johnny depp's main characterness. Mm. Uh, if tim burton and danny elfman have an ego like that that's news to me richard elfman's actually the one that started this band dick elfman <laughs> in 1972 and this is actually the group whose staged performances were the basis for the 1982 movie, The Forbidden Zone. Have you ever heard of that film? No. It's kind of, it's a really fucked up Wait, movie. Wait, I feel like I've heard of titles that are riffing on that. Mm-hmm, probably. Like The Danger Zone or The Fun Zone. Yeah, a lot of people, I mean, it, it is like a cultural touchstone for a lot of like indie filmmakers, but it's also... It's a very bizarre film, and it's something, I mean, I watched it back in like 20, I would say 18, and I was very drunk when I watched it, and I remember still being like, very thrown off by it. There's a, there's, it's, it's 87, 82, 82. Okay. So that movie was created and produced by Richard, who's Elfman. You were born in 82. I was born in 93. And Matthew Bright. The group actually originally, when Richard started it, had 15 members. So the Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo walked so that Arcade Fire can run and then jump off a cliff because they suck now. That was one of the jokes that I wrote in, and, and I really thought it would go off smoother. How do you feel about what I just said? Did they literally jump off a cliff? Well, I mean, no. They're just not like. Okay, so wait, anymore. let me make sure I'm understanding. Oingo okay. Boingo starts as the Mystic Knights of Oingo Boingo, and, and that just... started as a theater group that <laughs> made this movie. Okay, that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. So then they just became Oingo Boingo. So in 1979, Daddy Elfman kind of took it over. I don't know what happened to Richard. There's not a lot of. I mean, I'm sure there's information out there. In 1979. Yeah, because it started in 1972. Oh, I thought you said 82. 82 is when the movie came out. Gotcha. Okay. There's a lot of things happening right yeah. now. I know. <laughs> I'm going to let you walk through it. And so 1979 happens. Danny takes takes it over. He reconstructs it as Mr. A, Elfman, please. Mr. <laughs> well, there's two Mr. Elfmans. Oh, yeah. There's Richard Dick, as you said previously. It, they reconstructed it as a dedicated rock band, in quotes, because Danny was very... Uh, Flighty? No, he was very um, serious, very dedicated to, to the what rock means and blah, blah, blah. Which is funny because it's kind of a ska band. Yeah, even, yeah. A lot much, of, a can lot we get of, away with playing some Oingo Boingo music in this? I don't think so. But maybe, maybe a little? I mean, maybe a little bit. Maybe, maybe a little. We'll insert it here, if we can. 
So a lot of the musical decisions were actually inspired by ska. And ska to me is a lot like watching improv. It has to be... I have to be in the was mood for it. derogatory? I have to it be in the mood for it. And it has to be well done. Otherwise, it's like fucking annoying as shit. You know? Like, I really need to be like... I think the only ska I can handle is... Uh, Oingo Boingo and... My favorite band. Yeah, oh. it sounds like it. Wow, Gwen Stefani. Oh, Crush 40. <laughs> uh, damn, yeah, Spiderwebs. Yeah. Um, um, no, don't, don't. You have a laptop right there. Wow, I, no doubt. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Wow, I totally forgot that. But in the case of Oigo Boingo, I feel like it has enough wide-ranging elements of other music styles. Like, there's just so much in it. And then you hear the music, and then you hear... Like, the characters in the Tim Burton films, like, the genesis of them. So it's kind of interesting. Should we pause our recording so that I can hear a little Oingo Boingo and weigh in on what Oingo Boingo sounds like? No. Yeah. (laughs) No. Just, we can literally hit pause. It's fine. Okay, that rules. I don't know. I've never heard that. Yeah, I've been listening to them all day to just kind of like get in the mood for this, to get myself really excited. And they remind me so much of the Talking Heads. And I'm interested in what David Byrne feels about Tim Burton. Like they have like the same cadence in their voice and tone. They do the same fucking vocal uh, Is it Danny Elfman singing? Wow. So I think that's interesting. That's something I'll figure out another day. We should talk about Talking Heads. (laughs) I had a joke here. And I'm just going to read it because it was no nat- there's no natural way to include it. So it, I can handle it without wanting to toss a ball into the bell of the trumpet. What does that mean? Sometimes when I watch people play music oh, with like trumpets literally? That's a and I joke. don't like it, I want to toss a ball into the bell of the trumpet so that it gets stuck like in Like one it. of those dunk machines, yeah. except it... <laughs> it's a someone's instrument and they're playing a show. <laughs> I imagine it shooting right back. Ow, fuck. This cat. I imagine the ball shooting right back out. Yeah, at you. maybe. And then like a goose egg mm-hmm. grows. I would love that. Mm-hmm. So Oingo Boingo really took off when their album Dead Man's Party, the song that you just heard and the album that, that you just, I just heard. heard. Parker. Yeah, Parker. Came out in 1985. So it had more of a pop edge and it's less of this weird ska shit. I mean, it's still fucking ska. Not, I mean, again, it's it, it's got so many elements that are influencing it. Danny Elfman really created a melting pot of a lot of different fucking shit and this is also the album with the song weird science on it which they wrote for the john hughes film weird science so they really can took off mm. after this okay have you seen that movie no it's Never it's, heard of that. it's interesting it's about two horny boys uh, like nerdy horny boys like making a a woman oh <laughs> a woman robot basically and um gina davis i love her she i've seen her in every... let me see her face Gina Davis. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're riding off of these, the coattails of this movie, but also, like, they're just genuinely doing well. After that album, they turned out a couple, a few more albums, but not much more. This um, is Salt Lake Lore How? Then we can get to it, okay. all right? Wow. So, I just like this, their history. Yeah. Uh, for a short period of time, they got rid of their horn section, and they toured as... <laughs> okay, I think we're getting a little they in the toured, weeds. No, here. no, 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 they toured as Boingo. <laughs> Without the oingo? Just boingo. Like, I guess the trumpet section was the oingo. Mm -hmm. Without them, they're just boingo, and they were like a hard rock. I have days like that when I feel like I've lost my oingo. (laughs) You've lost your horn section. Yeah. I didn't listen to it. I don't know. I don't know if it's good. Okay, so Elfman started losing his passion for the band around, like, 1993. That's when I was born. While working on the Nightmare Before Christmas score, which I guess is an example of his film scoring career pulling him off. From the band altogether. So that mm-hmm. was long time coming. And, you know, they, they, they existed for 70, 17 years. They disbanded officially in 1995. And then they embarked on a, night, a farewell tour in 1995. Restoring the original horn trio. And rewarding their name back to Oingo Boingo. Thank God. <laughs> and they had their final Halloween performance at the Universal Amphitheater in LA. So Oingo Boingo was known for throwing these, like, annual huge Halloween parties and performances in L.A., but they also came to Salt Lake City every year because to throw the same party because Salt Lake City was their favorite place to tour Hmm. after L.A., and that's their hometown. So it's 
It's like, why, why do they like, like, Salt, like Salt Lake City so much? And so I do want to read this Deseret News. And well, okay, so it's just really funny to read the Deseret News and the Salt Lake Tribune articles about their shows because it just. This is from the time. It's from the time. Okay. Um, it's from like 1980s early 1980s mid 1980s it just reminds me of like how i've seen some writers submit their test assignments for show reviews because it's like this idea they, mm, the way that they right. wrote back then is like this idea that you saw on television like they watched almost famous and they're mm-hmm. uh they're like oh this is what music writing is that you go on yeah, tour with the band emulating and yeah yeah and it's it's, imagine. it's 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 it, but it's also at the same time they're like totally trying to be tame because it's in the 80s in Salt Lake City. So Bongo's trying to be tame? No, the writers that are writing about Oingo Boingo. I feel like the tone of their articles feels like they're whispering a bad word, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just really funny. So here's an example from Elaine Wells' Desert News article published on on October 20th, 1989, Mm. titled, Dead Man's Party? Question mark. Rambunctious Oingo quotes. Uh, brought out the life a bit too much in parentheses in its fans. A bit too much. That's um, a bit too much. What's the writer's name? Elaine Wells. Desert Elaine News. Wells. Shout out Elaine Wells. Yeah, hope you're good. So the first line reads: "Oingo Boingo, Salt Lake owes you an apology." Mm. An hour and a half into the wildly energetic show last night, Danny Elfman and company abruptly ended the concert, finishing the hyperspeed only a lad with a terse "See you all next time" and walked off stage. The nearly 10,000 screaming fans were still reeling from the head flinging and slam dancing and figured the group would come right back for an encore if they kept up the noise. After five minutes of continuous ear-piercing screaming and foot stomping, which hit about 6.5 on the Richter scale in my book, I think it's so funny that the Richter scale had to be brought up. That's funny. And that she has a book about it. She has a book about it? (laughs) Yeah, she says that it hit Oh, in my book. Mm Mm-hmm. Oingo Boingo finally came back, <laughs> but Danny Elfman, the group's lead singer, was not smiling. <laughs> what the blink is your problem? <laughs> he screamed and then at the suddenly quiet crowd. We want to play, but not if you're going to keep throwing that stuff on our stage. Except he didn't say stuff. Like, they're just... <laughs> it's a Deseret News. Yeah, I know. I mean, I think there's still this tame i guess this be well so it's not like it was a bad crowd it seemed that a few for fans got a bit rambunctious and it was hardly their fault though Owen goes frenetically paced whatever um i'm not gonna justify this fucking crowd here elfman was a good if slightly disgusted sport for a while and then got really annoyed After doesn't the- sound like salt lake's their favorite place to play let me can finish this i'm adding live commentary <laughs> this is live parker reaction <laughs> After the band's return, the audience mellowed somewhat, a bit chagrined. A bit what? Chagrined. I know how I know how that word is said. I just can't. Chagrined. The <laughs> word was chagrined. <laughs> what did you say? Chagrined. I don't know. Chagrined, for having upset one of their favorite artists, but not too mellow. After coming back with their electrifying weird science again, that was like their hit fucking song at the time. Elfman couldn't help but break into a wide grin at the sight of such obviously devoted and enthusiastic boingo maniacs. Sorry I yelled at you guys, he said. I've just got such a temper. Okay. I feel like he'd say that. I don't know what he sounds like. I feel like, I mean, I guess I did hear what he sounds like. But I'm imagining him sounding like Emo Phillips. I can imagine at the time, though, that these huge were like, the shows were like a huge deal. There wasn't a lot of venues back then. They're, they basically pay, played the Delta yeah, Center. Yeah, where did they play? The Delta Center and then the Salt Palace. This is Palace. at the Delta Center in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Wow. And the Salt Palace. I, it's weird to me to think that the Delta Center existed in the 80s. Yeah, I mean... When was the Delta Center built? You have a computer right there. <laughs> I'm not going to look it up. So they would come for Halloween every year. And they would throw this huge wow. Dead Man's Party, obviously, after their album Dead Man's Party. And the song, and um, they would do okay. the same thing at the Irvine Meadows Amphitheater and the Universal Amphitheater in LA. So it was like they would do it there, and then they would come into Salt Lake and do it. And I don't know. So it why was, Salt it was, Lake? Like, constantly toured. What's the big deal about Oingo Bonga liking Salt Lake and having a cool Halloween party every year? Can well, I guess? Yeah, let's let's throw some guesses out. <laughs> My first guess is that. Uh... Danny has like a second family. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. no. the, there was going to be like a weird sex party thing. No, it's at a mansion, like, I don't at the even governor's know if mansion. Guess 
So apparently Danny Elfman was obsessed with the Shiloh Inn here in Salt Lake. That rings a bell. Which is now the Hollywood Day Inn Express. Do you remember the Shiloh Inn? Have you ever seen? I mean, you've you've lived here for like the last 10 years like I have. I used to go and like just ride the elevator up and down because it was like you could see the. Where is it? It was. It's where the Holiday Inn Express is now. Um, But where is that? It's like right next to the Salt Palace. Oh. Yeah. Out, out, out. Like really tall, 12-story. The salt, wait, the Salt Palace? Oh, the... Salt like, Palace downtown on 3rd. Like the convention mm-hmm. center? Oh, I, no, I don't think I... Yeah. It had significance. So the Shiloh Inn was built when in 1972. So Danny Elfman was obsessed with this place. On Danny Elfman's first visit to the inn, he was so inspired that that's where he actually wrote Dead Man's Party mm. in this hotel. Oh, you're welcome, Danny. Salt Lake says you're welcome. And then he he would return. He was like notorious for staying there every time he toured, but he would come all the time. And then he returned and then wrote the lyrics to A Nightmare Before Christmas there. Oh my gosh. You're welcome, America. You're welcome. <laughs> all, all, hot Earth. topic. You're welcome, hot topic. Yeah. Honestly. Wow. So why does Danny Elfman give a fuck about the Shiloh Inn that was built in 1972? Yeah. Well, let's get into a brief history. You might be wondering. <laughs> you might be wondering uh, about the brief history about the Shiloh Inn. This is from all this information I'm about to re- get into is from saltlakecityhistory.blogspot.com. So check mm, them out. Reputable source. If you want. <laughs> but I also, so I actually heard from this, about this story from a friend who was like, you gotta do a story on like the dead man's party and all that stuff. And, um, and then I called her and then, I, and she was like, I actually don't remember what I told you, but luckily I got to, <laughs> I got to like, um, do enough research where I Figured it out and figured out the connection. And so investigative journalism. Thankfully, I took that class in college. This is what your money pays for, everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is what it Also, you've been paying us. So in August of 1978, the family of David cult leaders, Rachel and Emmanuel David, and their seven children had been living on the 11th floor of the Shiloh Inn for over a year. Emmanuel David was a self-proclaimed proclaimed God and prophet and his family and many others strongly believe this. Again, this is from the website, but the, I mean, I found a bunch of other sources. There's a lot of other news sources that, that corroborated this and you'll see. And they, they still believe this cult still exists to this day. Oh, what's her name? The family of David. Okay. Sounds like a quest you'd get in fallout. So, Emmanuel had created a cult, which quickly became under the investigation of the FBI for fraud and embezzlement. Mm. And so, he knew the FBI was close. What's he was, the FBI's problem? You want to unpack this? You think the man FBI trying is to make like an honest vibes? work? Oh, yeah. Uh, with a cult called the Family of David? You know. Was... I've never met a David I like. David Payne? I like David Payne. But okay. his name, he goes by Dave. David Dave Lee Payne. Roth? David Byrne. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never met, the, met him, so I guess that doesn't count. No? Other than that, no? Yeah. Go on. Okay. So they were under investigation of the FBI for fraud and embezzlement, all the, you know, classic cult, you know, hullabaloo. And so he knew that the FBI was coming for him. Like, there was no way out. So he drove his car into a canyon here in Utah somewhere. And oh, which one? Some canyon. It's a lot of good ones. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I imagine that was quite a choice. Yeah, he. Yeah, I mean, a guy that ran his own cult with under his name probably had quite the ego and wanted to die somewhere really great. In David Canyon. David Canyon. <laughs> and so he fed a pipe in from his exhaust pipe to his window and committed suicide by inhaling carbon oh, dioxide. Wait. I thought he drove into a canyon. Drove into a canyon and then committed suicide. Like, he just, like, wanted to go somewhere nice. Oh, I see. I thought he, like, drove off the cliff into a canyon. Like, he just took a nice drive. (laughs) (laughs) That's nice. Good for him. Scenic place. Maybe somewhere where people wouldn't find him for a while or something. But three days later, after, like, he did this, his wife, Rachel, convinced her seven children that were living in this hotel with her. The Shiloh Inn. The Shiloh Inn, the, yeah, the 11th floor, that they needed to be with their father again because he was God and he was dead. So, like, they needed to go be with God. Mm. Uh, Why did Shiloh Inn change their name? 
Four days after Emmanuel's death, Rachel and her oldest child threw the remaining six children off of the 11-story balcony, one by one, while people on the street watched these bodies fall of children okay. from the 11th floor, hit the pavement of the Shiloh Inn, of the Shiloh Inn mm. and they screamed for them to stop. I mean, there was like six of them, you know, there was <laughs> a lot of time to... <laughs> Sorry. No, this is really terrible. And sort so... Sort of a lemming situation. So they killed all of the children. And then the oldest child who was helping the mom <clears throat> toss them over jumped. And then the mom jumped. Toss them over? The balcony off of the 11th floor. Okay, so not a lemming situation. Go no, on. No, no, no. They all died except for the oldest child. What was he doing? Um, Playing Game Boy? No, she. he was helping toss the ch- children over. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Something tells me I attention. shouldn't make light of this. No, you <laughs> No, it's really sad, actually. What year was that? 1978. 1978, wow. That's, Witnesses that's say insane. that some of the children were screaming and grabbing onto the railing. That's crazy. While others really jumped. Okay, say you're, you know, not to get into this, but like, say you're a caretaker, a mother, and you decide that you need to be with your children, need to be with their father. Need to, they're in a cult. They thought need he to was pass God. Away. Yeah, but you know, there's, there's so like you follow the, the leader, the, you know. But the dad didn't do that. But the but the he kids, himself. he he uh, had some gas. He said he he killed himself. His, he piped the gas. Right. He, yeah, he committed suicide. I mean, that's a phys, uh, asphyxiate. Asphyxiate. Mm-hmm. Can you say that? Yeah. Asphyxiation. Okay. What's the difference? What What are you saying? Uh, I don't know. I feel like. <laughs> One feels more violent than the other. One, yeah, one feels very aggressive. Yeah, you know, I feel like. I mean, if, I think if you're like, we need to follow in our father's footsteps. Maybe just also do as your maybe he, they only had say. one car. <laughs> <laughs> Who's laughing now? I, I yeah, I don't know. It just feels like there are other ways to do that that are less public and less. I don't know. It's pretty gruesome. Yeah, less gruesome. It's really, it's, yeah. It's pretty fucked up. So the oldest, um, she lives in Aurora, Colorado with her uncle. and She's just, alive right now. Yeah, she's restricted to a wheelchair. And, we, and, I, and I hear we have her on the line. <laughs> with brain damage. And she's still convinced that her dad is God. Is God? She still thinks that, who says that? the cult is real. Her, her dad who, who started According to who does she believe that? Uh, what? The blog. Like what's your sort? Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, this could totally not be true, but the deaths definitely happened. So Let's just put a general disclaimer here Disclaimer here that this could all not be true. This is all very... The, no, this is this happened. I'm saying in like a lawyer litigious protection way. Okay, whatever. You do whatever Parker shit you want to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm a, protecting this family. <laughs> right now. Protecting the cat's assets. <laughs> yeah, so since those events happened... In 1978, obviously this fucking place is haunted as shit. And the place to write the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack. Yeah. Score. So there's many reports of paranormal from both employees and guests. And many so reports. So it is now the Holiday Express Inn. Yeah. It's this. It's. We should go stay there. Yeah, we should. We should go. We should. Re- we, we should. We, stay what on should the be happening floor. right now is that we should be recording this from. I know. I know. Damn. Damn, missed opportunity. So many reports are of hearing voices and laughing coming from the hall on the 11th floor, as well as knocking on the doors in the middle of the night with no one around. And they also have been reports of wet footprints around the pool area and splashing wet when no one. Wet footprints? Yeah. And splashing when no one has been there. So, I mean, these are vague things that all can be explained, but Danny Elfman certainly feels attracted to this floor. Certainly Is it because feels... of that? Yeah. He's, like, super into this shit. That's where he wrote Dead Man's Party. Okay. So now, like... It's not just coincidence that he was like, no, oh, I'm no. staying here. No, he specifically, like, comes back. He's, like, a notorious, like, guest, specifically of the 11th floor. He wants Still? to stay there, and that's when he writes. I don't know about now. I mean, this is all things that happened in the early 80s, yeah, maybe early 90s. Now. Probably not now. Probably He's like, probably, yeah. like, over it. He's probably found a more a haunted place. Haunt. That is what happened, and so that is my lore. It's a, it's the Danny Elfman, you know, coming to Salt Lake. Mm. Supposedly, this is his favorite place to tour, but like, really, is it, or is he? So just... I go Bungo's. Sorry, 
is or is he just coming here to like suck the life out of like the tragedy you know mm-hmm. or did he have something to do with it because it's what? interesting it was like a stretch <laughs> well i mean this happened in 1978 when did oingo boingo start touring my question a new question oingo boingo is not a thing anymore no right? they broke up in 1995 okay okay I guess that is, that's the extent of my questions. So that's my story. What'd you think? What a roller coaster, my God. Yeah, I told you, it had twists and turns. So they really like playing here because... And they would come every Halloween. They would come every Halloween. They love Salt Lake. And it was, a contribution to that fact is that it was that a cult leader's family killed them, a cult leader who killed himself, his family... Murder. Murdered their children. Mm-hmm. And he was like, that's my place. Mm-hmm. I'm going to lodge like, there and write the Nightmare Before Christmas score. Mm-hmm. And this cements my love of the great So if this didn't Utah. happen, would, you know, would a lot of these, would Dead Man's Party even exist? Right. Would the world be the same? I'd like to take this moment to applaud you. Do you think I did a good job? Yeah, I think that was great. Thank you. It was really entertaining. Are you excited to do yours now? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Okay, go off. I'd like go little, off, sis. I'd like a little drink. Should we take a break? Let's, um, let's take a commercial break. Yeah. Let's go to our sponsor. Okay. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Come on down to the Advertising Expo 2023. Skip church. Why not skip church when you can go buy ads? Do you have things you want? then you have to advertise for them. Do you have something you're just burning to give? <laughs> you have to spend money to make money. Yeah, buy ads uh, for goods and services and contracts. You know who's listening to this podcast? You. Do you want to buy something from us? Maybe an ad? If this is working, it means it's working. <laughs> <laughs> okay, get your ads now. Let's go. I'm so excited for you to tell me a story. I'm usually always the one telling you stories. I'm always telling you the gossip. That's true. So for my interpretation of Salt Lake lore, I'd like to start off with a tweet. Caleb from at Caleb says things. I don't know the date. Every city has a quote unquote guy they all know about. You can visit a friend in their town and see a man dressed in robes riding a horse. And your friend will go, oh yeah, that's horseback Jesus. And then that's just the end of the explanation. So this brings to mind several people for Salt Lake. And I feel like people who've been in Salt Lake will know what I'm talking about. The Wizard. Bianca's nodding. I've seen The Wizard at least like three times in the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Salt Lake has a guy. And I think colloquially we all refer to this person as the Wizard. And I feel like that is not... Like my memory... I moved to Salt Lake in 2012... And I don't remember if somebody said the word, said the phrase the wizard to me, or if I just looked at them and and thought that looks like a wizard. Like, I feel like Mm. it's a descriptive, not a prescriptive term. I feel like people see this person and say the wizard. When was the first time you saw the wizard? Probably 2012, because this... (laughs) He loves to be at the, the, like, Salt Lake Central stop. Yeah, I mean, well, this is the thing. So... I think one of the ways that you can feel like you can get to know a place is by knowing the guys, the types of guys. And this can be, you know, any gender, but this is, is, you know, this is like primo definition of a type of guy that you see kind of roaming around. Um, And like, if you see them like twice, you know, you see, I've seen many people twice in this city and just kind of randomly, (laughs) you see someone three times, it's like, all right. That's a that's a guy mm-hmm. who's here. He's doing something. Yeah. He's working. Uh-huh. Yeah. He has a role within this community. Mm-hmm. And you see someone more than that, that's it's over. Yeah. They're they're a guy. So I I wanted to kind of start by by talking about the wizard, which is I, I think anybody who's lived in Salt Lake for a while will will know who I'm talking about. Um how would I, I I'd love to start off with hearing your description and your recollection okay. of who the wizard is. Yeah, so he's more of a Lord of the Rings wizard as opposed to a Harry Potter wizard. Well, all right. I mean, well like Lord of the Rings everyone's dirty. <laughs> Is that my hot day? Taking a, a, a pejorative turn that I was not. Okay, well, okay. So he is in some sort of cloak. He's got uh-huh. many ch- 
chains and uh, like like embellishments on him. Mm-hmm. But they, they don't seem like something he went and bought for his costume. It's something that he genuinely collected. Yeah, they seem collected or made. Mm-hmm. So He has like a long beard. He has a staff. Mm-hmm. Nothing else. He's not carrying anything memory. else. But I assume that a lot is happening under the cloak. Because the cloak does come out like in a cone fashion. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think he... I don't... Yeah, he does wear a hat. He does wear a hat. Mm. There is some sort of hat happening. Interesting. I don't really... Uh, it all kind of melts Interesting together. recollection because I would not say that he has a hat. So mm. I, I want to preface this by saying that I... Uh, you know, no, I, I, I don't intend to be making fun of this person or any of the people I'm no, going to bring up in this no. segment. I respect these people. I think that they are members of the community who sort of give us some of the most sense of community that we have because, you know, they're, they're like reoccurring characters. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they deserve our respect. And so with when that... I see the wizard, I feel like, like I'm living in a Where's Waldo photo like in the middle of the city and then the the where's waldo wizard is there like i just happen to be next and then waldo's somewhere it's it's that's the thing it's an exciting moment when Mm -hmm. you see the wizard you're Mm. i'm always like hey that's the wizard like that brightens my day that is like a moment (laughs) out of my day that i'm like oh my god what does it make you feel like you live in a simulation though like a little bit no because you know so we're gonna get into this there there are places that this person frequents yeah and uh, people report seeing this this guy, this person, kind of around the like ninth and ninth area around Liberty Park. Interesting. He That's said, not where I've seen him. Where have you seen him? Downtown, uh, specifically State Street, and specifically. Oh, really? I mean, you might get into this later, but is it is it possible that there's more than one wizard? It is possible. In fact, it's likely. There's there's a person who who walks around and who has a beard, and I don't know if maybe we can put like images in the show. The thing is, I I was a little bit cautious about bringing this, making this my subject, because you know these are people, and I don't want to like blow up their yeah. spot, so to speak. Um, I'm I'm not trying to like ironically make a joke out of them, but I genuinely think like Thanks. in researching like this concept of Salt Lake lore, one of the things that popped in my head was like the wizard and. People online and on Reddit will really, it's, it's an event, I'm not alone in feeling like it's an event to see this person or to kind of feel like blessed by their presence. And it's it's an interesting phenomenon. And yeah, so uh, I, I think it'd be interesting to like post a, a picture along with this episode in some yeah. way, maybe in the show notes if that's possible or link to an image. Because... Um, Oh, there's an actual image. Because um, right now, you know, I'm remembering him based off of my few glimpses. Right. This is the thing is that, like, I, I personally have, I don't think I've ever seen him in a in a way in a that photo was, where like. where you can, like, sit there and. Digest. No, I was going to say in a way that's, like, I, I saw him personally and I, I was able to walk by him and sort of, like, take in a full look. It's always, oh. I've always, it's always been in the, like, uh, driver's seat of a car yeah. or passenger seat of a car uh-huh. in, a, in a really passing way. For me, I remember the first time I saw him, it was at Salt Lake Central. I oh. took Front Runner to... Which is a to... hub, which is, like, a transportation yeah. hub. Yeah, yeah. you take a train to Salt Lake City and then you take a smaller train throughout Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. So I took a big train <laughs> to Salt Lake City. Front and runner. he, yeah, the front runner. And the wizard was there just like standing there, not necessarily waiting for anything, just existing. Mm-hmm. Like very, in a stoic way that was peaceful and calming. Yeah, and maybe there's something to be said about the ways in which we um relate to like i have no i don't i I don't know that this person like i don't know this person is unhoused or homeless his appearance sort of suggests that and also his like roaming nature kind of suggests Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. and that's what i'm worried about broaching in broaching the subject is like how we're how we are representing our um we don't want to characterize this person unfairly right you know i i but again that i think there is something to the fact that like there's a collective response to this person and their appearance and their like presence um 
and and so there's a photo here that I found um, in researching this. I found you a lot. You keep scrolling up and down and not showing me. On Reddit. And oh, so, okay. That's so, not the wizard I've seen. Okay, so we'll get into that. So this this person so is... This is like Bigfoot. Yeah, this is a very cryptid photo <laughs> so where this cryptid. person is like mid-stride um, wearing sort of like a uh, like a bindle-type stick on their... Uh-huh, on, which I on, love to see. We love on, to see the bindle. On their <clears throat> um, shoulder and on that uh, hanging off that is a like chain of, of what seems to be necklaces and dozens mm-hmm. and dozens of necklaces maybe See, okay so maybe it is the same guy but like he's like reinvented himself because i remember my guy had like a ton of necklaces like this yeah so i you know uh, the, and you mentioned a hat and like i don't know that mine the, I've, definitely, in my research the, he did that looks i mean yes wizard-esque mine was wizard like one for sure so it's like save the stars and moon cutouts on the on the garments. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, no, so, without them. That's what I'm saying. So this person is dressed in, in mostly all black, and um, carries these necklaces around. And so in my research, you know, I, I've never heard anything about a hat in particular, but um, I, I would like to read a little bit of. Uh, so I, I my resource for a lot of this was Reddit um, over the last like eight to ten, uh, probably like five to eight years um mm. people have kind of been uh keeping like a loose documentation on this particular individual um so one of the top comments on on this uh post with this photo of this person says i, I have always called this guy the guardian of liberty park always walking around keeping an eye on things and staff slash cape really added to the effect Another person says, I see him all over the place. I used to live in the Avs, and I once spotted him cruising down the sidewalk when I got home at like 1 a.m. Looked super creepy from far away, but then when I recognized him as he got closer, I thought, hey, it's that guy. (laughs) Ever since then, whenever I see him, I think, hey, it's that guy. And another person says, yeah, I actually saw him around the Riverdale area around six months back. This guy really gets around. Um, so the person says, I saw him all the time when I lived at ninth and ninth, mad respect for people who are truly themselves. So there's like a, I wouldn't say notoriety because that it sort of has a connotation of like something negative, but he's like, just re- he's like recognizable. And, and this is a person that I have seen countless times over my 10, 11 years here in Salt Lake city. Um, but would you be surprised to hear that? That is not the only wizard. Yeah, I because that is not that's not the man I know. You know. Yeah, there there are um, I think multiple people who oh, there's at least two people who I think get sort of conflated mm-hmm. for this particular guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another red comment on another page where someone says it's two different dudes. The one with the staff and the dangly thing usually looks like a druid. Black cloak and no shirt, which I have seen this person, I think, with no shirt. I've, I've seen mm. the no shirt incarnation. The other one looks like a wizard, multicolored and vibrant and older. Mm-hmm. Plus, he plays a horn. LOL. <laughs> so I've got a picture here. Ooh, I'm so um, excited to see. This is my guy. Of, this is my man. Yeah, that's him. The other, of it, the quote unquote other okay, wizard. Okay, that's what I was saying. Cat. So what, describe yeah. what you're seeing, please. Okay, so he's wearing some sort of animal. I think a rec- leopard skin. Leopard but no, print. no, no. But on his head, on his he's head. wearing a raccoon skin. But but huge beard. But he, it's not even a raccoon skin because the, there's the tail of a raccoon, but the there's head antlers. is something else because there's antlers coming out, antlers coming out of it. And there's antlers. Hantl- that was pretty good. Antlers. Antlers. And then he's wearing a leopard print cloak bright orange mittens Mm -hmm. and he's got a like bleach white beard and that's what i remember i remember this you know fashion icon in fact fox 13 did a story i love we should make this a we should make a thing about reading articles from like desert news and fox 13 because they're just they're I love reading Utah like formal news writing because right. it's just so from the past shitty. Even 2015 <laughs> feels it's not shitty. It's just you know it's not it's, shitty. It's just it's very catered very... to Utah people, yeah. and that's not what Salt Lake is. I would say. I mean, it's 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 catering to the lowest common denominator. Oh, read so the maybe, title. Maybe if we can insert some of this um, news clip in here because they did a video segment. But the title, the headline is Salt Lake City's dancing quote 
wizard blows his horn to tout charitable cause. Oh. And this is a news story this a on, giver. on the the wizard who is um, a volunteer for the Salvation Army, ringing <laughs> bells outside of the Sixth Avenue um, Avenues uh, Smiths. For donations. Oh, right next to us. Yeah, very close to where we are recording this podcast now. So I'm going to play this. Um, I don't know if this will make it in the episode, but uh, if we can do some sort of insert, uh, excerpt, but I would like you to see this. Okay. You've heard the bells and seen the buckets, but have you seen the wizard? The Wizard of Oz? Close. Harry Potter? Oh my God. No. Still not right. All right, well, one Salvation Army bell ringer in Salt wow. Lake City captures the attention of everyone who passes by, yes, he is the wizard, and Fox 13's Todd Tanner introduces us to him. If you're headed to Smith's in the Avenue, yes, this is where I've seen him, him too. Really? Him. Yeah. But he is quite. Some people think this Salvation Army bell ringer looks like Santa, but his name is Conde Kayatin Tigon. Or you can just call him the wizard. Of course, he's <laughs> not as much a bell ringer as he is a. Horn blower. The wizard does everything different. Ask his age. And I'm 797 months old and 19 days. Or his occupation. I was a, a, a groundskeeper at the Tombstone Zone for 216 months. He liked the cemetery, but finds the volunteer work he does in retirement to be much more lively. Oh, it's like a joyous time of, of Christmas, you know. I'm uh, here trying to get money to help the help the poor to be happy at Christmas. And he's good at it. Oh, he's dancing. He's he's, he's blowing two horns at the same time. Uh-huh. I pay every time. This is every Tom Alder. Time. Tom Alder stops at Smith's. And the Salvation Army. I like that they chose this man to interview about how he feels about this. Yeah, just this guy. I, uh, that's the one I know. Okay, that's interesting. So, so I think a lot of people, like, there's this colloquialism of the wizard, but I think that people have been kind of conflating these two mm-hmm. figures in our community. And Do you think I personally they... have never seen this person. Really? In wow, that's interesting. Yeah. You've seen the other one. Countless times, yeah. This the, I, I've seen that guy s- more times than I could count. <laughs> Countless. One, two. An inability to count the times. Yeah. Um, so that w- that was what was interesting to me, and so as far as researching this phenomenon, is that I had no idea that there was another person who could even take up the mantle. And it seems like a lot of people are totally familiar with this guy. And I've never seen him before. <laughs> um, but they're both very wizard-like. And then looking into it more, there's actually a lot of dudes <laughs> that that people have have seen around here. So I found this post, again, on Reddit, um, that is titled Roundup, Interesting Characters of the Salt Lake Area Streets. So I'd like to uh, tell you about the people who have been notably um, present around the Salt Lake City streets. We have... The Bingham Cowboy, who is most commonly seen in the 900,000, or sorry, 9,000 South area in the 90s. We have the beige beige suit gentleman in the Murray area, who's who apparently is sort of like a current character. We have the necklace selling man, who I know is the wizard in <laughs> um, East Downtown area as current. Then we have the pond leaf tea, the horn blowing wizard all over current. So that's oh my who God. you we know as the wizard. We can do a card game. You could. Then we have Emmanuel, a.k.a. Brian David Mitchell, a.k.a. Jesus Guy. Mm. Do you know who Brian David Mitchell is? I don't want to know. I don't like that name at all. Jim or Elizabeth Smart? What? Brian David Mitchell was the man who took Elizabeth Smart along with his wife. So this was a... a So he's, like, still hanging out. No, he's in prison. Um... (laughs) So what? But, uh, the, the, you know, there are... So Elizabeth, Elizabeth Smart is, is very famously was a child that was kidnapped. In like 2001. Yeah. Like when I was living in Oregon. If you don't know about Elizabeth Smart, that's interesting. You must be young <laughs> because that was such a huge deal. Yeah. It was like 2000, 2001 it. It was, or something. It was like, but it was, yeah. But, but apparently he was a guy. 
much like, and, and I don't include him to, to suggest that, you know, the others are dangerous or anything like that, but no. like, it's just, you know, it, that's an interesting. He was a guy. He was one of the guys. He was one of the people that people tended to see around. So what lot. did he do? I don't actually know. Um, Why is he in this list then? Uh, because he was someone who people saw around town. Um, okay, let me, like, let me do that a little, about anybody. uh, let me do, I don't know. I, 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 I just saw him as part of this round of a... But of, what was his thing? What was his stick? I don't know. Okay. Honestly, I, I wasn't able to find anything more. But a recurring character, there's Worm, uh, who was seen a lot in downtown in the 80s. So there was a, there was a post on Reddit about the Worm um, who said that his name was an acronym for World Order of Righteous or Radical Oh, yeah. Men. I've seen his car. Okay, World Order of Righteous Men. This person's dad said that he walked into court and called the judge a pig and then told him not to be offended because it stands for person in government, which is a classic... He just, like, loves acronyms. Classic wool over the eyes. He died in a state hospital, and his name was Pete Stepanovich. Um, so... There's, uh, there's another guy uh, in on First Avenue that has a car. You know those cars that you see that, that you know, the owner's, like, this is all I have. This is my billboard. Yeah. And they tape paper all over it, just, you know, sharing their message, mm-hmm. sharing what they, they've got to say. And I have once seen, like, a car on First Avenue that has had warm the acronym on it. Oh, maybe that, maybe it's carry on the legacy. Yeah, maybe something like that, or just car. Uh, there's a couple children. others here. Um, there's the unicycle businessman. <laughs> I have seen Unicycle Businessman. Yeah, he loves have, State Street. I yeah. have too. Um, <laughs> here's a December 2013 KSL article. Of photos of unicycle riding in Utah snowstorm go viral. Um, Do, can you imagine the day where Unicycle Businessman went famous and he came home and his and he comes to his wife and he's like, yeah, Fuck the me. unicycle worked. And then she's just like, God damn it. Why are people fucking encouraging <laughs> So, um, I don't have any great photo. There was one part in particular photo, but imagine a man on a, on a unicycle yeah, just, and it's just, it's a businessman. And I had this in my hometown like a too. Brief, briefcase. Mm-hmm. There yeah. was a guy, there was a kid in Where's my hometown. Where's Waldo character again? Who, who just rode a unicycle constantly. And uh, so there, there's all, there's a unicycle club actually. That doesn't surprise me. There's just like all manner of, of, of people who, who are reoccurring characters in this town. And so I, I, th- I think it's sort of. Uh, a sweet to get to, to you know to to know them is to know the town and in particular also there's the pink guy and there was a whole blog dedicated to the pink guy wow. um which was which is still live the slc i i have never seen him either and this blog um which is slcpinkguy.blogspot.com if that tells you anything uh last post was june 4th 2007 what happened to um, blogging you know, I'd love to know because blogging really was when the internet was good. Um, but was a blog completely dedicated to documenting times that the SLC pink, quote unquote, SLC pink oh. guy was was visible. It just seems and, like a guy with an outfit. Yeah, but, you know, always an outfit. Also, pink. that was a different guy. The last one was just like a guy in a pink shirt. Yeah, I do think. And this is sort of like another angle that I wanted to bring up here was like this is like an early example of kind of like the panopticon-esque structure that we live in society now mm. where people are always taking like people's willingness to photograph people is at an all-time high mm. and i i think before it was more of a abnormality to do that whereas now it's like we're always willing to capture people but despite that i don't see a lot of documentation of these particular individuals i mean beside brian david mitchell um mm. It's interesting. I actually appreciate that there isn't that much documentation because you, you see this all the time where it's like there's an emergency happening, there's something terrible happening, and people, instead of calling 911, which I don't know if that's ever the, really so the solution, or helping, doing something helpful, they pull out their phones and take videos because it's like their opportunity to become viral yeah. or something like that. And I'm glad that these these characters aren't falling into that bullshit. Me too. As if, uh, for other people's gain. Right. And and that was, again, why I was kind of nervous about bringing this up because I don't want to be um, – mm. I, I think that these people are, like, amazing members of our community. I love that they're, like, sort of reoccurring characters mm-hmm. and not people that um, have, as far as I know, sort of, like, been exploited for their, their oddity. It really yeah. upsets me when, um, like, police get involved just because people are – 
acting in a way that's like out of what we consider to be the social norm. I think anybody should be allowed to do uh, and behave the way that they want to in public. Um, And, you know, within reason, obviously. I think it's it's okay to talk about them in the sense of like, hey, you've contributed to our experience here. Thank you. Yeah. Like my inclusion of them here is like a very thankful thing where it's like, this is like, you, you've weirdly been a part of my life for the last <laughs> 10 years. And every yeah. time I see, um, uh, you know, the wizard that I'm yeah. thinking of has been a good moment for me. I mean, that's and that's different from mine. That's crazy. Yeah. And I, and I don't know, you know, what their lives are like or who they are, but, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it, we're just not really living in a period of time where people like this tend to exist without it being turned into like a capitalistic gain exploitation scenario. I think what's special about them to us specifically is because we came into the city, what, 2010, 2011? Mm -hmm. And that was kind of before everything could be monetized. Yeah. And so like we experienced the wizard in a way that was like very genuine, very like this is just like something that we're experiencing. And there was no urge to bring out our phone right there was no urge to be like oh let's fucking mm-hmm. put this guy on tiktok or some shit like yeah. it was just it was just like this is happening and then and then just to like kind of forget about it and then 10 years later we're just like still seeing mm-hmm. them it's and comforting it, in it's way. really comforting it's like it's it's like a time capsule in a way but it's also like it's yeah it's a touchstone as far as when it comes to like that, like time like what you know like there's this thing that stays constant and last ten years so much has changed but this person still feels strongly about doing this thing and this is what they're dedicated to and it just reminds me of like 10 years is nothing yeah it is it is sort of weird and so that's all to say like you know these are these are real people so you know whatever their real lived experiences i don't know but from my research and my own personal experience these are people who've like been a part of our community and and Mm -hmm. kind of like had a a a larger than life place in it in a time where i I feel like that's sort of hard to do Mm -hmm. um purposefully so uh and, and there's a lot of rumors and kind of conjecture about these people um one of the reoccurring things I saw about the original wizard that we were talking about, um, I'm going to read a comment here from Reddit. His name is Ten. I was just telling my friend about him. He's a son of perdition, meaning that he was cast out of an FLDS sect in southern Utah. He's an incredibly nice guy. Mm. So that was a recurring thing I oh, saw. Oh, interesting. Um, that I, I don't know if that's true. Um, but, you know, just sort of as like a reminder, like, I, I think this is, you know, this is a person who mm-hmm. uh, is in our community. A story. And uh, if if that's true, that that's that's kind of a tragic background. And yeah. I just want to say personally, I love seeing this person or the the, the multiple people who get uh, maybe get mistaken. Um, but uh, I, I really enjoy that they're a part of our community. And, and to me, it's a, a pretty integral part of our Salt Lake lore to, mm. to have these people who, who are walking around and uh, part of the community. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> well, wow. That was our first episode of season two. And that season was two. so fun. That was really, really fun. I had that. a great time. Yeah, I had a great time. You were so nervous. Yeah, I was really nervous about doing this. Oh, you did a great job. Thank you. You did too. So what's our next episode? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's... It's not on the computer. It's not on the computer. I wrote it in a notebook. Analog. Hold, please. That's as much as I know of that. I think that's pomp and circumstance. Are you humming the graduation song? Art history is our next theme. Just yeah. history of, because we don't want to lose the tie to art in our, you know, we, we kind of focusing do. on like history of galleries and history yeah. of like, not necessarily art itself in Utah, but like, like, like the presentation of art. Yes. And like the and way that society again, is formed we're both going to find our own stories. Like whatever your interpretation of that will be, will be what it is. And my interpretation will be different too. So we're both going to just come together and uh, see what that means to both of us. Yeah. So, so we'll um, see you in two weeks. So we'll see you on September 22nd next time with 
SLC Art History. And in the meantime, check out season one if you haven't. There's a lot of awesome interviews. I would also like to say if people have any, you know, I feel like this season is more conducive to um, user or listener feedback. So if anybody knows, um, has information on any of the SLC guys that I have talked Mm -hmm. about or has any personal experience or wants to chime in about that, our email is locomotivepodcasts. SLC. At locomotivesslc at gmail.com. Locomotivesslc at gmail.com. And And also, if you have any more information about the Oingo Boingo thing, like about the, the Shiloh Inn, I would love in our next episode to have like a segment to kind of just update and to touch based on like the previous one if we've gained any more information to be more accurate we all absolutely don't want to spread misinformation so um just want to be transparent about that and yeah be a little bit more loose and have fun but we want to be correct still and also you know if there's any a, a time where we announce you know the next theme and you're like, well, I have something to say about that. Let us know. Please. Let us know. Email our Instagram us. is locomotive SLC at, at locomotive SLC. I think our Instagram is mm. locomotive. Just local podcast. Locomotive podcast at locomotive podcast on Instagram. DM us. Let us know anything. Yes. Yeah, we're so excited to hear from you. Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. So thank you for sticking with us, and we appreciate you staying with season two. We'll see you later. Oh wait. Also, our new theme song is done by our wonderful, amazing friend, Audrey Lockie. Thank you, Audrey. It's the sexiest song ever. (laughs) Okay, goodbye, everyone.